What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Motorcade 313, your weekly Detroit Pistons podcast here on the Lead Sports Media Podcast Network. My name is Corey. What's up, Akil? Not much, man. Um, over here in Detroit land, we had a good Sunday. We got a Pistons win. We got a Lions win. Detroit, Michigan, or anybody who follows Detroit sports willingly, um, shout out to y'all. Uh, but we had a great Sunday. We're on cloud nine. Are you a Lions fan? Sadly. Okay. See, I like I like I only really see you tweet about college football, so I wasn't sure if you even followed pro football or if you did, if you were a Lions fan or what. But yeah, so I, I mean, I, I didn't watch. I'm I'm not from Detroit, so I don't have the affiliation to the Lions. But it seemed like if you're a fan of the Lions, it was a good Sunday. Exactly. Thought it was. Yeah, and the and the Pistons game was. I, I wouldn't call it the most entertaining game. That's where we're going to start because I mean we could go over the other games from this week, but the important thing is the win. We finally got off that fourteen. We avoided the historic fifteen game losing streak. We had, we fought off the fourteen game losing streak, and against the Heat, I, I get that it was just Kyle Lowry and a bunch of guys like no Tyler Hero, no Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo, but. I, you know, a win's a win. I, we, we, were, we were not favored coming into the game, and we won the game. Obviously, it's with a huge grain of salt because who cares? But I'm sure Miami was not giving it their best, but we care. Uh, it's, it's nice. Like, the, the, the team needed a win. I'm, I'm fine with us being the worst team in the league. We've said that all year, but you don't want them to completely be destroyed morally. And yeah, I'll, I'll take a win any way, shape, or form. Um, I'll take a win if our Detroit Pistons decide to go down to the G League at night and play the G League showcase games. Like, I will take wins. Um, and it was it was fun to see them actually kind of compete because <laughs> they have yeah. a lot of that. Um, so, hey, not a 15-game losing streak. For sure. I think what was most cool to me was that it was, a, as much as I want to see it coming with Cade thriving, I thought it was kind of cool that it was not, Okay, doing everything. He was masterful as a passer. We we actually were talking about it during the game on on Twitter, like how it was so frustrating that he is one of those like guys that averages double digit potential t- assists, but far too often the shots have not been falling for the offense that he plays with for him to actually get up there. But he had ten assists. He didn't. He only took I think four shots. It wasn't relied upon. He was not being relied upon to have that big game. It was a little bit from everybody. Frank Jackson was making some shots. I think Killian Hayes had 11 points, if I'm not mistaken. Stu was good, solid again. And uh, Sadiq Bey, we talked about him a lot last week and over the last few weeks about how he's been struggling so far this year. Uh, and so far he's bounced back a little bit. Uh, the last three games, so obviously it's just three games, but it's it, it's nice to see. It's uh, 25.7 points per game, six rebounds, 3.3 assists, shooting 54% from the field and nearly 43% from distance. That was the biggest issue for us that we were talking about was that while it was cool to see him trying new things, it was unfortunate it was coming at the expense of his three-point shot. He's back on track with that. Yeah, he's he's old Sadiq. He's, everything he's doing that I noticed, at least, those in that Heat game, he's not thinking a lot. It's, everything is very second, like second nature. It's I'm catching the basketball. I have a couple dribbles. I'm either shooting this basketball right away or I'm taking a couple dribbles and everything is super quick, which I liked and I appreciated. He did some pretty cool things as far as like secondary playmaking slash creating or whatever, how we want to talk about it as well. But yeah, this is the Sadiq we all wanted and it looks like he is back. Um, so hopefully we get this more often because we, we need it for sure. 
Yeah, and, and I don't think either of us really expect that, like necessarily him to be a regular point point per game score, but that's not even what we're asking for. It's just be aggressive, be cons- be like I don't consistent is not the word, but like efficient because there's more talent around him. While while it's younger talent, there's more talent around him this year than last year. I mean, obviously it sucks that Grant's out and Olenek's out, but him playing with Cade could be a dynamic pairing if he's able to efficiently hit shots that takes yeah. advantage of the amazing passing that Cade does have. So the gravity that he has on the floor, I think that you're finally starting to see that work. I don't want to slight Jeremy, but without having his, like the extensive ISO game that he would bring on the floor, it has allowed Sidney to get a little bit more back on track. Yeah. And I, we talked about it earlier, how we wanted some more pick and roll stuff. Like there was a lot more pick and roll that I noticed this game. And because of it, like I think getting a lot more shots or not more shots, better, better shots for sure. Uh, the one thing that's nice with Kate is that he's a legit six, seven, six, eight, right? So like when he gets doubled, he can see those cross court skip passes to that like weak side shooter or whoever is out there at that opposite corner. Cause that defender is kind of digging down on the roll or whatever that is. And he made a couple of those cross-court passes that were super eye-opening. And we've been Killian truthers. Like, he's been getting downhill, that Miami game specifically. And he was just like a wrecking ball. He was like very north-south, which is what I wanted. And he was either getting to the rim and he was finishing, or Mm -hmm. he was to the rim and collapsing the defense and he was kicking out. So it was a really, really good Killian game. Even though he only scored 11, I was a big fan of it. Uh, Cade looked phenomenal as well. And it's cool to see that a four-shot game can end up in the Pistons win. Uh, just kind of shows to how important Cade is to our basketball team. And it was just a good all-around team win. Zero complaints on my end. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that I, more and more every single game I watch him, I just – all I see with, with Killian and I've said it on here before, but I'm going to keep saying it because I actually like, I, I'm not just saying it to like, <laughs> we've talked about it a lot this week with furthering a narrative or furthering an agenda. I promise that's not what this is. It's just, uh, I just see so much of rookie Lonzo in, in, in Killian. And I think that, I mean, this year would have been what would have been Lonzo coming out of UCLA after one year. So this would have been the same age that Lonzo was as a rookie. I think he's still a little bit behind. Where Lonzo was, but I don't think he's going to necessarily have to be that type of player. I think that, but he can fit that archetype. Is that the star that you were hoping to get at seven? Because we've talked about it a number of times. People just assume if you draft in the top 10, you're getting an all-star. Probably not an all-star, but a guy that is a above-average NBA starter. You see what Lonzo is doing for the Bulls this year. I absolutely think that's something that Killian has in his bag down the line. And I, I think that if we do start seeing more wins, you'll see, like, that actually like come to fruition a little bit more. Yeah, if if you get this Lonzo, what year is Lonzo in? Year six, something like that. Yeah, year five. But if you get Lonzo right now, you're five years into whatever player's career, and you get said player at pick seven. Uh, that's absolutely a win. Yeah, Lonzo was drafted in 2017, so I believe this is year five. Okay, yeah. So five years down the line, if you get the seventh pick, and they end up being what Lonzo is this year. Like I'd be thrilled. A, yeah, that's a win. Yeah, so I, I like what we've seen. I, I, I don't think it's obviously going to result in a ton of wins. Like I said, especially with 
two of your more veteran players out of the lineup for an, an indeterminate amount of time. I know that this is supposed to be the week that Kelly Olenek is reevaluated, but I think uh, James Edwards said on Bonham Cardigan this morning that he's still in a walking boot. That's not necessarily being like widely reported, but if you're seeing him and he's in it, that's less than ideal in terms of getting him back on the court. But we will see. We're getting closer to trade season, so I think that that's kind of where we're going to move to now with the discussion of where the Pistons are at. Because, like we were talking, we've been talking the last couple weeks about potential to trade Jeremy Grant or how we would feel about it. It was reported this week that the Pistons are more intently listening than we kind of expected. It broke like right after we did the pod last week. So now there's a bunch of rumors out there. It's not just like the Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers that Shams had reported. It's not just the Hawks that we had talked about. So I was going to kind of throw a couple trade ideas at you, see how you felt about them. Then if you wanted to kick any back to me, you're more than welcome. Because I do think that there is a lot of places for Jeremy to fit, which is, it's nice seeing the Pistons be put in that kind of position where they might be operating from a position of strength. Yeah, for sure. You give me every, how many do you got? Three. All right, I'll give you an A to F grade on said trade. All right, all right. So this is a common one that I think is kind of down the middle. It's not exactly like taking advantage of young talent, but you could just straight swap him for Miles Turner. And that's putting, like, instead of, like you're, like I said, you're not necessarily committing to the youth, but I think that Turner is an interesting option next to Stu. It is a very solid defensive front court there. He can stretch the floor a little bit. Not exactly a home run, but I think it's an interesting avenue to go down. I'd say B. I'm, I think it's like you said, it's what pedestrian, like a yeah. very. Could be worse. It, could be better. Yeah. Could, it's not awful. It's not, it could be a lot better. Could be definitely be a lot worse. I've seen a lot worse trade suggestions for one Jeremy Grant. So I'm not mad at that. Uh, Cade, Miles Turner, pick and pop sound like something out of the record books that I'd love to see. Uh, yeah, I'm not mad at that. So I think this one is my favorite. And by that logic, I don't think it will happen. But if the Bulls think that they are in have to win now mode, capitalize on the current position they are in, it could be something like Jeremy Grant. And if they need additional salary filler, figure it out or Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and Derek Jones Jr. I mean, that's an A+. plus, but Yeah, I would do anything in the world. I've seen people float that. I think it's too good to be true, much in the way that we've talked like, about the Atlanta trade in the past where if they involved the Kongwu and Cam Reddish, I think that's too good to be true. But it's also the one that if they call it, I, they don't even get the full sentence out, and I'm saying yes. Yeah, like they're hanging up halfway through that phone call. Um, but, yeah, that's for us, absolutely A+. plus. I'd do that. I've seen people float that, and I don't get it. I don't know. Like, I understand that the Bulls think they might have a chance to – and they're close. They're very close to being the best team in the conference. And Grant kind of fills that hole that they have because Patrick Williams is out with injury and he's still super young. We know that Troy Weaver was enamored with him at the draft. And if he hadn't, if he had still went on the board when Kill was drafted, I, I don't necessarily know that Kill would have been drafted. I don't think that's reasonable, but enough people from both sides, Pistons and Bulls, I've seen say it that made me was like, well, I'll suggest it because if that happens, I'd be overjoyed. Exactly. Great trade. I like it. So I, I, this is one I'll, I'll fully admit I don't love, but it gets into something that we've talked about. So I know Dallas is reportedly interested. Figuring out what Dallas could possibly send you is uh, tough to say the least because they don't really have a lot of picks because they still, I think they still have one pick to New York. 
and that they're around a 500 team. I don't, and like, like you're not getting KP, you're not getting Tim Hardaway. Not that I necessarily want those, but like they have a bunch of big salary players. And then the next guy that's in that salary range that you could start making a deal around is Dwight Powell. I don't love Dwight Powell, but, but he's absolutely a not. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not Dwight Powell. Yes, I get it. The, the selling point would be them throwing in Josh Green, who was the first, or I think he ended up sliding to the second round pick last year. I, I don't love this one. I included Dallas because they were a team rumored to be interested, but, and the reason why I brought it up is it's something we've talked about a lot. And I'm actually working on an article this week for Hoops Habit where the Pistons need a lob threat, whether it's in the draft next year, but I would also like to see them develop that a little bit this year. In theory, that's what Powell is, but I'm going through like a list of other like young players you could take a flyer on that could profile as that. But if I'm making a trade and I can pick the type of salary filler that you're sending back to me, it would be something that can play that role. Okay. So that's my Uh, only selling point. I don't love the trade, trust me, but. For sure, for sure. Let me throw out a couple that I that I'm scouring the. Internet. And while you're thinking, we've talked about the Atlanta one at nauseum. But if there was a world where we got Cam Reddish back, like that's the kind of flyer that, like, I know that I've debated it with other like fan bases from other teams where they would have to send back a first round pick. I don't know that I necessarily want to send back a first round pick for Cam right now because he's an ex- he's a pending restricted free agent. But if we're doing it just for a, a borderline all star in Jeremy Grant, but one that is coming up on a contract extension of his own. I do that a hundred times out of a hundred. How do you feel about Jeremy Grant, Corey Joseph, Josh Jackson for our fellows across the border, Pascal, Utah Watanabe, Isaac Bonga, and then a 2023 first round pick. See, I don't think we would necessarily get, like, I think I don't love Pascal, but I think he probably has more value to me in across the league than Jeremy does. I would do it because I think we could flip him later or he would be he would be an interesting piece alongside them, but I don't hate that. Okay. Uh this is a trade that I really, really like. And I would do, but it would be parting with one of our favorite people. So we would be losing Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay. Okay. But we would be getting back. Miles Bridges, Kelly Oubre, and JT Thor. Yeah, I mean, I do that in a second. I, I, I don't think that Miles Bridges is. I love Sadiq, not as much as some of the other Pistons fans, but I do love Sadiq. But to me, like, I don't think Miles Bridges is going to get out the door in Charlotte and restricted free agency this year. But I think they've kind of played themselves by not giving him an extension in the off se- or in last off season. And now he's. I mean, they're going to have be- a whole lot of money. He the, the way he's been playing, he's a borderline all star. They might have to match like match a max offer sheet, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Pistons were the team to sign him to one because of the local ties. But also, he's that vertical threat from a wing position that would play so well. I mean, you see what he does with Lamelo. You could see him absolutely doing that with Cade. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm a big Miles Bridges fan. Like, yeah. State of Michigan, a Michigan State alum. Everybody knows how I feel about one Michigan State Spartans. Uh, I've heard a thing or two about them. Yeah, like, I love, like, Miles is everything. Like, to to bring it back to Detroit would be amazing, right? Like, the one thing I didn't know that was happening with Miles is, like, just the ability, like, from a shot creation standpoint, like, 
his off the dribble game is something that I didn't think would ever grow. Like I didn't think it would become this, but he's like legitimately taking dudes off the dribbles and go getting buckets. Like it is something I didn't think would ever happen. Uh, no, but so you I, love to I, see it. I would, I would absolutely do that deal. Uh, and then there's one more I wanted to shout out here. Um, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, and Killian Hayes for Jalen Brown and Aaron Neesmith. I am reticent to give up Killian Hayes in most trades, but if Jalen Brown was ever to be made available, that would be one of those ones where I would, I would do it. I, I think that you've already heard the rumblings that they might be breaking up the duo in Boston, which I don't necessarily get. I, I understand the limitations of the team. I don't think those two, I don't think, Tatum and Brown are the issue there. I think it's the roster around them is inherently flawed. Absolutely. So if you could poach him, I would do it. I think that if he doesn't get an extension off of this deal, which I don't really see because he's one of the, once you get off of your second contract, taking an extension before free agency just does not make financial sense. So if he enters free agency, I think that's the kind of guy that we've heard rumblings for like since Troy Weaver came in that he would be pursuing Jalen. So I'd be interested. I, I don't think... If you're asking me if likelihood of that gets done, I don't think it's there. If you're asking me if I would want it to get done, yeah. I, I, I like the young guys, and I would hate to see them go, but I, I legitimately think that Jalen Brown is an all-star. in the like. Did he, I think he made the all-star game last year, but I think he is like the kind of player that could be a perennial all-star if he was featured more, and I do think it is tough to feature him alongside Jason Tatum to the extent that he should be, and I think playing off Cade would do that for him, and he's a defensive dynamo. So, yeah, I would I would do that. Okay, for sure. But yeah, so that about does it for this week. A little bit of a shorter podcast because, I mean, there's not a lot of news. We got the one win in, which is nice. And now, oh, the one other thing, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it, is that uh, while COVID is ravaging the league, it is nice to see that the Pistons have so far been untouched by it. I obviously don't necessarily think that's going to last, but because it's just hard to imagine with the way that Omicron is spreading that any team at this point will be completely spared but we are one of 10 teams so far that has not had a player enter protocols so that is definitely cool i hope that everyone is safe and healthy and is able to enjoy their holiday season in in light of that we will not be here next week i don't think unless something crazy happens i might come through alone i know akil is traveling for the holidays so we won't be back theoretically next week but we'll be back before long and covering pistons basketball hopefully by then we'll have a little bit more clarity on when grant's coming back or what kind of trades are happening or anything like that before we get out of here for the for the holiday season, you have anything else you wanted to share? Hopefully we get to enjoy some type of Christmas basketball. I mean, it won't affect me because I probably will not be watching. Uh, but hopefully your guys' NBA Xmas Day slate won't be Completely watching. sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it won't be you guys watching Mario Chalmers and Joe Johnson coming back from the dead, getting basketball spots because everybody's ravaged by health and safety protocols. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. fingers crossed all right well that does it for this week and for the next few weeks so everyone thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week here on motorcade 313 deuces